0: So uh, I read an article this week as I was preparing, uh, and it, it started like this. It said, I knew a woman who couldn't understand why people didn't stay for the coffee time after church. She felt that church wasn't complete without the conversation and interaction that occurred after the service. Don't they know they would feel more a part of the church if they stayed for coffee, she would ask. I knew a man who couldn't understand why more people weren't interested in belonging to a small group. Church, he said, should be a place where people can share their deepest selves with one another. Don't they know what they are missing? So uh, there's a way in which some of these stories, I thought about different stories I could share of people I've talked to, even around um, this month with our connection time at the beginning and the the different experiences that individuals have of that time. Um, But there's many different ways to belong to a church. And uh, so we're going to talk today about... um, the four spaces of belonging so uh, let me try this fancy clicker thing if it works there you go so um, part of this is there's a book called the search to belong that I read years and years ago by Joseph Myers, uh, which talked about this search for belonging and the four spaces of belonging which was based on another book much older book uh, by Edward D Hall called the hidden dimension man's use of space in public and private uh, and and this is just some some research and things that go into how we interact with one another how we belong to one another in society um, so we're going to unpack that a little more as we go, uh, but I wanted to speak to what this whole series is about uh, of reconnection. To talk about reconnection um, means that there's a problem, there's a disconnection, there's an isolation, and, and we shared a, uh, an article this week in the Cat Bloss uh, that, that spoke to some of the statistics of loneliness and isolation in Canada uh, in the in the high 20 or 20 I think it was 24% of people identify as socially isolated or lonely in Vancouver Apparently the the statistics are even worse. Uh, we're one of the loneliest cities in the world apparently um, So there's much isolation loneliness. There's also um, the fragmentation of our lives Oops. Uh, That that makes us feel like we're going in a million directions at once and we kind of lose ourselves sometimes in the midst of that uh, and then there's just all the many ways that we're uh, that we experience disconnection, both uh, between groups of people in our in our own, uh, sometimes our own mental health, uh, sometimes uh, the way that technology influences us, or just the things that are going on in the world that we see in the news and are bombarded with it, upset us, um, that speak of the disconnection and the lack of peace and shalom in our world today. So when we speak about connection and shalom. Um, this wholeness, this peace. Uh, there's this framework that we've that we've been using a little bit of uh, four directions of connection. So, we uh, we want to be connected with God, with others, with self, and with place. And place could be our neighborhoods, could be with creation. Uh, and Rod's going to share uh, an interesting topic next week. Um, that's focused a little more around the creation connection piece. Um, and we've been talking this month around uh, connection with God and others and self a lot. Um, so there is, uh, I'm going to get to that in a moment. There's a way in which um, we need connection in all four of these directions to, to belong, to have shalom. Uh, and then as I'm going to unpack a little later, we also need, I believe, uh, connection in all the four spaces of belonging. So uh, before we get to unpacking that, I'm going to show you a couple of clips. So this is a movie trivia game for you, if you guys like movies. So who can tell me what movie this is from? Just yell it out. Who got that? Who is that? Excellent. Good job, Joelle. Napoleon Dynamite, if you haven't seen it, it's a classic of sorts. Uh, you should try it out. Okay, uh, next one. This is a little, little bit trickier, maybe. Yell it out. Anyone? Oh, Allie, 10 Things I Hate About You. Uh, Kind of a classic high school movie. Okay, next one. Yell it out. No, you can't can't answer. You're my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry Maguire, yes. Jerry Maguire. This is not the the most iconic scene, but this is this little support group that the women have uh, where they share about their feelings. Okay, uh, last one. This is a much easier one. Inside out, I heard it over here, very, very nice. Okay, so uh, we're gonna talk about, we're gonna show how those images relate to our, our topic a little later. So um, again, in the 60s, uh, this guy, Edward T. Hall, a sociologist, he did all this research and he basically observed all the interactions that people have in society. Uh, and it's different in different cultures as well. But he, he basically, through the research, developed this idea that there are four different distinct spaces that we interact, that we develop our personalities and our culture. Um, and he used this term pro- proxemics, as in proximity, to talk about this. Um, but here, here are the four spaces. So we have the intimate space, the personal space, the social space, and the public space. And, and Hall actually put um, distances to this. So the, the intimate space was 0 to 18 inches. So anyone who's like right there. Uh, and that could be physical touch or just really close, someone you're really comfortable being that close with uh the personal is uh, usually about one and a half feet to four feet away, much closer than something like me to you right now but but still a comfortable space. The social space is is the four to kind of um, 12 feet or so and then the public space could be anything bigger than that. So as much as uh, as much as you are really close to one another in this place, this is a public space we're in uh, and the distance between me and you is is usually more than 12 feet. Uh, and, and so we, we belong to each other in a public way here, which is different than, than if I interacted with you out in the foyer in a social space, or if I gave you a hug and was in a more personal, intimate space. Um, so the best way that I can... Uh, uh, this is a little bit conceptual and hard to get your head around sometimes. The best way, I think, to illustrate this is a classic scene from a sitcom. Uh, you may have seen Seinfeld, the close talker scene, so we're going to watch that in a second. Uh, this is an example of someone who is probably should be in, uh, interacting in a social space, maybe a little bit personal, and is getting right in there in the intimate space of people, and you see their reactions to it. So we'll watch this video. Elaine, you don't have a problem with her, do you?
1: We well, adore Elaine.
0: She wants to say hi. She's with her new boyfriend. What's he like? He's nice, a bit of a close talker. A what? You'll see. <laughs> This is Aaron.
1: Hello, Aaron. Hello. Hello, Aaron. So, how long are you folks in town? Hello, <laughs> Three more days. Three more days, and then we're off to Paris. Yeah. We're going with the Select Charter Group. I love France. I was just there last year. In fact, you know, I still have an envelope full of French francs. I'll give them to you. Oh, we can't take money. Oh no, it's a gift from us.
0: Oh, that is so nice, Aaron. <laughs> Isn't he nice? Mm-hmm. So listen, has Jerry been showing you a good time?
1: No, I haven't. <laughs> you know, I, I have a friend who works at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. How'd you like a behind the scenes tour? Really? You could do that? Easily. It wouldn't be any trouble? Of course not. go? How about right now? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, let me get my coat. Elaine, hey, what are you saying? Well, I don't think so, Erin. Uh, I have plans. Oh. How about you, Jerry? <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sure. Sure. You examine the artwork up close. Maybe I'll try and catch up with you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, hey. You must be Kramer. I've heard about you. Hey, you must be Aaron. I've heard about you. <laughs> we'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Okay.
0: Alright, I don't know what happened there to the video, but uh, you can imagine Kramer's reaction. Uh, so, uh, let's talk about these spaces a little bit. So, uh, um, again, at, even though we may not have been aware of these spaces, these concepts, we got, kind of all have an intuitive sense of what's comfortable, what's, what's, what, who we're comfortable being in the more intimate space with the personal, the social, and so on. So the public space uh, is often things like this, or the, uh, other good examples would be like going to a sporting event. There's a belonging that you have with the other fans uh, of your team at a Canucks game or a basketball game. As you cheer for the team, you, you feel this belonging. And I've heard people you know, tell stories about of when your team scores the winning goal Um, you know maybe think of the Canada win at the Olympics you start hugging people or high-fiving people you've never met before or talked to and it feels normal and comfortable um, because you belong to one another in this around this common uh, value or common goal or common uh, thing that you identify with Uh, so in the social space kind of like our time out in the foyer maybe or think of house parties or dinner parties or just times when you're out with a group of people maybe usually more like the 15 to 30 type of people uh, size um, and there's a way in which uh, y- you know you kind of are a little bit more guarded about what you share with people uh, there's often those conversations. well what do you do and what do you do uh, and what, what are you interested in and, and we basically in those spaces we share snapshots of ourselves we don't share our whole selves we share little snapshots and we we decide what am I comfortable telling this person about myself and then we we kind of make assessments of someone based on what snapshot they share of us and we share our own um but there's a way in which we can feel a sense of belonging in a social situation uh my hunch is that most of us actually uh myself included feel more like a lack of belonging in a lot of social spaces they can be quite awkward maybe you're an extrovert and you don't struggle with this but um those kind of social situations parties can be quite uncomfortable i I get uncomfortable being in a room Uh, unless it's a huge crowd. I get uncomfortable being in a room when I don't know the name of everybody. So I often spend the first few minutes just like introducing myself just so I kind of feel like I I fit in here, I'm comfortable. I know at least a little snapshot of who everybody is. Um, So beyond that, we have the personal space. And these are people that we've decided to sort of share our lives with, to do life with, uh, our friends maybe. Um, In a church context, it's often a a home group, you know, gather in a living room, kind of like that picture, uh, and to to share about ourselves. But um, I think for some of us, we've had small group experiences where we do get to share like our most raw um, sort of naked selves with each other. But often there's, again, uh, we're sharing a part of ourselves there, and there's a purpose maybe to the group. Uh, so it is different than the intimate space where um, we're comfortable being close, where we can be real, kind of our whole selves. We can be naked and unashamed in our vulnerability with people. And, and um, you know, some of us are like, lucky to have a few people like that, a partner, a spouse, a parent, a, a best friend uh, in our lives. I think some of the statistics around loneliness and social isolation in our, in our city, in our country, um, show that that many people don't even have one person that, that they belong to in this intimate space of belonging uh, and so um, let's put this up here's kind of how we um, what our belonging is based on in each of these spaces and what what are the things that we share in each of these spaces uh, I think it's easy to think of uh, going from the big to the small so we, we a church is a good example. we come to church on a Sunday we belong in this big space and we maybe interact after the service and we meet a few people, then we join a small group, then we maybe in that small group make a best friend. But I think often our sense of belonging doesn't always go in a nice linear way like that. Um, I know I've, I've sometimes been surprised uh, at my experience of belonging or not belonging. There was a time uh, uh, when I was a young adult in church, kind of really caught up in the, the social part of after church. Um, partly that was being motivated, because there was a girl I liked that I wanted to talk to, um, but also just that sense of trying to figure out who I was and, and whether I was comfortable in my own skin in this, in this space. Uh, and one time, this uh, guy who was part of the Young Adults Group with me, he came and he just kind of surprised me from behind, came up and threw his big muscular arm around me and just kind of shook me and said, Johnny! And uh, it was this, this moment, actually it was a, pretty much a turning point for me in my experience of church where I felt like I belonged to the, to the church in a public way. Uh, but there was still a way in which um, socially I was trying to fit in, and then personally I wasn't there yet. But this moment, it like catapulted me, right? It was actually more of an intimate belonging with the, the physical touch and embrace that happened. Um, and from that point on, I actually shifted from being someone who was trying to fit in to someone who tried to do what this guy did for me and help other people feel and experience belonging. Uh, and there's many different ways that we can do that, and uh, we're each unique in how we experience belonging and what we're comfortable with. Um, so I think back to these these people I mentioned uh, in the article, I read about the the person who was really into the coffee time or the person who said everybody should join a small group. Uh, and so part of me wanting to talk about this today is is uh, to give uh, grace to us, to give permission to um, to belong in the ways that you need to and want to belong here. There are many, there's multi-dimensional ways to belong at CAP. Uh, And you may be in a season where uh, you are really desperately needing some friendship, and this can be a place for you that you can find that. And us creating social spaces like out in the foyer is part of helping you have space to to maybe form those friendships. Uh, But you also may be someone who is just chock full of friends in your life right now. You can't even spend time with the people that you really, really want to spend time your best friends, uh, your life is busy, uh, and you're maybe not looking for new friends, but there's a way that you can still be a part of um, belonging to CAP and he- helping others belong to CAP in a more public sense. Um, so we also want to create opportunities for you to, to belong uh, intimately to one another in a, in a deep way, to be able to pray for one another. If, if you need that, if you want that. Um, and also with this belonging, it's belonging with others, but also with God. And so I'll talk a little bit more later about how we belong to God in each of these spaces as well. So as I said, uh, belonging is multidimensional. All four of the spaces are valid, all are, f- all are important, and each of us has different needs and desires, and even cultural differences maybe from our background. Or maybe things that have happened to us that make us more fearful of connection and belonging with people. Um, So here's uh, what Joseph Myers, the the author, said. A healthy strategy for those working to build community entails allowing people to grow significant relationships in all four spaces. So again, all four of these spaces are important. So I'm going to read to you uh, a passage from Mark 3 uh, that speaks to actually how Jesus seemed to intuitively understand the importance of these different spaces, and he lived his, his life um, connecting with people in each of the spaces. So here, let me read this for you from Mark 3. Jesus went out to the lake with his disciples, and a large crowd followed him. They came from all over Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, from east of the Jordan River, and even from as far, as nor- as far north as Tyre and Sidon. The news about his miracles had spread far and wide, and vast numbers of people came to see. Jesus instructed his disciples to have a boat ready so the crowd would not crush him. He had healed many people that day, so all the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him. And whenever those possessed by evil spirits caught sight of him, the spirits would throw them to the ground in front of him, shrieking, you are the son of God, but Jesus sternly commanded the spirits not to reveal who he was. Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him. And they came to him. Then he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles. They were to accompany him, and he would send them out to preach, giving them authority to cast out demons. Jesus seemed to understand this. So he had the crowds, which was like the public space of belonging that he interacted with, and, and you hear in that story him needing to get away from the crowds. He, he chose 70 that he, he met with more um, closely and taught and sent out on mission. He had the 12, as this passage spoke to, of his disciples that he did life with, he shared life with in the more personal space. Uh, and then he even had Peter, James, and John that he spent more intimate time with, um, and beyond that, I would say uh, he did a lot of going away to pray. Uh, the Bible, the New Testament talks of that so many times, where he went away to pray and be in that intimate space with, with the Father. Um, he was very intentional about how he spent time with people. Um, he seemed very disciplined about it. Uh, there was a lot of pressure from the crowds because of his healings, because of the way that he loved um, and showed, his, uh, showed God's power in, in his interactions with people crowds flocked to him, and he could have easily got caught up in, in spending time just with the crowds all the time. Uh, it must have been exhausting for him, and uh, I'm going to show you a little quick video that um, is, is kind of my, it's a little bit silly, I'm sorry, I apologize if anyone's offended by it. Uh, it's, a, it's a church did this, they dubbed over a Jesus video, uh, and I sort of wonder sometimes if this is G- what Jesus felt sometimes, but I know it's, I know it's not, but here, here it is.
1: Hey, Jesus. Hello, my son. Have a seat. Hey, Jesus. I was just sitting here with my stick, enjoying the sunshine. Jesus, I thought we were playing hide-and-seek, and and you weren't hiding. No, Peter, I wasn't playing hide-and-seek. I only told you that, so you would leave me alone. You see, I'm Jesus. I'm an important guy. I have... Important things, heavenly things to think about. You're always bothering me with your problems, and this guy's talking about what he wants for Christmas, and... But Jesus, I thought you are our friend. I am your friend, I just don't have time for you. Oh, man.
0: Yes. Uh, Thankfully, that is not what Jesus is like. Uh... And I think a big part of that is that he uh, was intentional, like I said, about getting away and spending time with the Father, to, to be in the presence of the Father of God, to be reminded of exactly who he was and whose he was. So this quote from uh, Brené Brown, who's wrote, written a lot about belonging uh, in recent years, she says, if I get to be me, I belong. If I, get, if I have to be like you, I fit in. There is definitely a difference between fitting in and belonging, and and I think what we're talking about today is is a, a desire to, to belong truly. So I believe that true belonging is uh, to be to know and to be known. We've used that phrase at CAP over the years a few times, uh, and to love and be loved. We're having technical difficulties, uh, you saw the image that popped up the um, the one from Inside Out of the parents. Yeah, there we go. I got a little choked up, to be honest. I think I was just overtired, but uh, I got a little choked up when I, when I was looking at this, uh, this picture in the last few days. Uh, if you know the movie, uh, and I haven't watched it for a long time, but I know um, the daughter uh, is experiencing a lot of emotions. Uh, they've moved cities, and it's been hard for her. She's lost a lot of who, uh, who she was and who she knew herself to be. Uh, and this is a moment when she's run away and then come back, and they're embracing her. And... Um, there you go, I'm getting choked up again. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's this experience that has led to this embrace, this intimate belonging, uh, that is about her being able to be real with her parents for the first time in a while. Uh, she has been living with this um, sense of expectation that they need her to be happy, and she's not happy. Uh, she's hurting, and she's struggling uh, and she has no sense of belonging in that intimate way. Partly she's lost her, her belonging to her, her friendship group, her team, her, her city. Uh, and so she desperately needs this kind of belonging. So uh, it, it reminded me of uh, a book I read um, some years ago by Brennan Manning. Some of you may have read some of Brennan Manning's work. Um, and it's, it's called The Rabbi's Heartbeat. And he tells a story about a, a young Jewish boy who was just a kid who was all over the place. He was, he was kind of chaotic in, his, in the way that he lived his life. He was fragmented. He was kind of always running around from thing to thing and causing problems and just seemed out of sorts all the time. Uh, and his parents brought, them, brought him to this rabbi, this older rabbi. Uh, and they, they were kind of desperate and they didn't know what to do. And, and he spent time with this rabbi and uh, the story goes that the rabbi, all he did, instead of talking to him, trying to teach him, trying to change him, he, he literally just took the boy and put him in his lap and embraced him and, and put his, uh, the boy's head right up against his chest we could hear his heartbeat. Uh, and later the boy, uh, as his life is transformed, he, he speaks of that moment as this turning point where um, he knew who he was, he knew what was real, what was important. Um, and everything after that was different. Uh, and, and Brennan Manning also writes about the disciple Jesus loved. Um, this story from John's Gospel where John, writing about himself, talks about how he reclined against Jesus at the table. Uh, and they used to eat kind of reclined um, side by side with each other. Uh, and he he was the one right beside Jesus. And he literally just just laid his head up against Jesus and... and um, Manning speaks of again hearing the heartbeat of Jesus uh, and this intimate belonging that he experienced um, and it made me it made me think uh, I mean you could be you could be sort of jealous of that intimacy that John had with with Jesus and why does he get to be the, the disciple that Jesus loved uh, and I think it would be one thing if other people were describing him as the disciple that Jesus loved they clearly did have a close intimate friendship and relationship that was special but I I think it's interesting that John is the one writing about himself, the disciple that Jesus loved, and it made me think that, um, that each of us could actually describe ourselves that way, because that is, I believe, the truth, that we are the one that Jesus loves, and that we are invited to lay against Jesus' chest, listen to his heartbeat, to be reminded of who we are, truly, uh, and whose we are, to whom we belong. I'm going to invite the worship team to come and we're going to respond to to that good news respond to um, the God who uh, has made a way for us to belong to one another to ourselves um, to this place that we live and to God himself and uh, this picture of the Trinity that we um, that we believe in that's uh, that is spoken about on our website in our in our what we believe statements this community of belonging that is the father son and spirit we're invited to participate in that and to belong to to god